What's happening, everybody? Who has higher expectations this season, Steve Sarkeesian or Kalen DeBoer? Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome to Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Uh, this episode presented to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs is helping you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Go post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Shout out to everydayers. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. All right, we got plenty to discuss a lot of news going out there we do want to start with the news that Steve Sarkeesian is getting a payday but it got me thinking who has higher expectations this year 2024 is it Steve Sarkeesian or is it Kalen DeBoer keep in mind a lot of Alabama fans want Kalen DeBoer to come in and hit the ground running Alabama's got a lot of talent back they've got Jalen Milrow back at quarterback and Kalen DeBoer is coming off a national championship appearance so clearly he can hit the ground running right well, let's start with Texas. Texas is uh, making sure that Steve Sarkeesian is locked in long-term. You know, did hear some rumblings and maybe Alabama sniffed around on him uh, when Nick Saban retired, but Sark was quick to say, nope, staying put at Texas, and Longhorns are taking care of him. Terms of Sark's contract extension were released on Saturday. He is locked in through 2030, and, uh, of course, back a couple – uh, weeks ago, they had preliminarily agreed to a contract extension with him. They will uh, uh, formally approve it here in the coming days. And Obupa's annual salary upwards of $10 million per year. So the S- uh, SEC move coming for the Longhorns this summer. And according to USA Today, 10 coaches made at least $9 million last year. Seven of them came from the SEC. Sark was making just $5.6 million last year. That would put him around 30th among FBS coaches. So he was highly underpaid. Had he not signed this new deal, he was going to make $5.8 million this year. So a big payday for Sark to go from just over $5 million to $10 million per year. But his new contract will pay him $10.3 million this coming year. And he'll have an annual pay increase of $100K a year, uh, maxing him out at just under $11 million by 2030. They also changed his uh, bonus structure. Uh, Sark could earn uh, non-guaranteed compensation per year at around $825,000, but opportunities up to $1.8 million. And you get it. It's all that stuff like uh, an extra two hundred dollars for winning Coach of the Year, $100,000 for winning SEC Coach of the Year, all that kind of stuff. But the big question is, can Sark take the next step? He just led the Longhorns to a 12-2 record. They won the Big 12 championship. They got to the college football semifinal. And it was the best season for the Longhorns in well over a decade. I mean, remember back when they won 13 games and played for the BCS title in 2009 when they lost to Alabama. But Sark has been recruiting at an elite level for the Longhorns here as of late. 2022, they signed the fifth best class this past year. 
They signed the third best recruiting class, including Arch Manning. And then this year's class, the 2024 class, ranked sixth with four five-star recruits. So uh, that is really the big thing that Sark has been doing. He's been recruiting well, bringing in good talent. And uh, they will begin the season at home against Colorado State coming up on August 31st. But I will say this. Sark had an awesome year last year. But with more money comes higher expectations. They were favored in that Sugar Bowl playoff game against Washington. And his first two years, he went 5-7 and seven and then 8-5. and five. And that was rosters at Texas loaded with a lot of talent. It's not like Tom Herman had the cupboard bare there. Um, even last year, they slipped up and lost the rivalry game against Oak, Oklahoma. I had to go back and look it up. They were five-and-a-half-point favorites in that game. And now Sark is 17-10 and 10 in the Big 12 the past three seasons. We're going to get to win totals from our friends at FanDuel later in the week, but I will disclose here, they've got Texas's win total this coming year, 10 and a half. And, and this is just regular season, by the way. This isn't including postseason, but I, I'm leaning under here. Look, you're going into the SEC where the schedule is going to get tougher. Keep in mind, week two, they have to go to Michigan to play the reigning national champs. I get it. Michigan's lost a lot, but still a brutal place to go play in week two on the road. Uh, they did win that week two game this past year on the road at Alabama. Uh, but they also have a home game against Georgia. That won't be easy. They get the neutral side game against Oklahoma like they typically do. And they finish the season with a road trip at Texas A&M. You know the Aggies. No matter what their record is, they're going to treat that game like the Super Bowl. They want nothing more than to beat Texas in year one in the SEC. And then there's always a chance of a slip-up in home games against Mississippi State, Kentucky, Florida, a road trip at Arkansas in mid-November. Again, just saying, like, there's a chance of a slip-up there. I'm not saying I don't think Texas, this Texas team is going to be good. Um, they will be, certainly. But they need Quinn Ewers to take that next step in his development. He was not good in the playoff loss to Washington. He was not good early in that game against Oklahoma where he threw a couple of picks. And the big thing with Quinn is he's got to avoid injury. He has missed time each of the past two seasons. And with that comes, you know, if he gets hurt, will we see Arch Manning? Does Arch rise to the occasion? What if Arch goes out there and plays really well? Does Quinn Ewers even get his job back? All things to consider looking ahead to the Texas Longhorns this coming season and they got a lot of new pieces that they're going to need to step up. They lose a lot of offensive weapons in Jonathan Brooks, Xavier Worthy, A.D. Mitchell, Jordan Whittington, J.T. Sanders. On defense, they lose Jalen Ford, Byron Murphy, Tavondre Sweat. That is a lot of production, but also a lot of leadership as well. I just think it's going to be really difficult for this team to go undefeated or even 11-1. I think even more likely is 10-2. If I had to make a prediction right now on the Texas Longhorns for 2024, I think they go 10-2. and two. Now that still could get you in the playoffs. So, you know, not a total bust there, but uh, I just don't I don't think this is a 11-12 win Texas team. But we'll see. Now the question is, who's under more pressure this year? Is it Steve Sarkeesian or is it Kalen DeBoer? And look, that might be unfair, but... You become the head coach at Alabama, high expectations right out of the gates. And ESPN published a, uh, a roundtable discussion of coaches and players of 
you know, listing the most to prove going into the season. And they list that Kalen DeBoer amongst six coaches in the story. Of course, he takes over Nick Saban. Uh, expansion of the playoff to 12 teams next season will certainly help year one expectations because, like we said, a 10-2 and two year in the SEC could still get you into the playoff. Uh, but DeBoer just took Washington to the national title game two seasons after the team went 4-8. and eight. So a lot of people are expecting him to hit the ground running. You don't get a transition year at Alabama. And if DeBoer falls short of the playoff this year, all that pressure is going to mount. I mean, the, the Tide faithful are going to be calling Feinbaum going, he ain't saving. Who is this hack? But uh, Alabama said to bring in, you know, should be doing some work here in the next transfer portal post-spring. We'll see a lot of guys co- uh, coming in on top of the loaded roster they already have and a lot of good recruits they brought in in this recruiting class as well. So um, the FanDuel win total, they've got Alabama at nine and a half wins. I just know nine wins ain't going to get it done for those Alabama fans. Now, the reasonable Alabama fans you know, might go, hey, look, nine and three, you lay the foundation, let's build. But I just know a lot of the unrealistic Alabama fans, which is a good majority, are expecting 10 or 2 or better. And 10 and 2, like we said, should get you into the college football playoffs. So I'll probably say that uh, Sark probably has, you know, the edge in higher expectations, but it's pretty close. It's pretty close between DeBoer and Sark going into this year. Now, Georgia, of course, they're, uh, they should win the SEC, right? I mean, their win total should be higher than everybody. I think FanDuel's got them at 10.5, but, um, you know, Kirby's basically only losing one game a year, if that, the last couple seasons. So high ex- highest expectations for me are for Georgia and Kirby Smart. Now, Georgia is going to need a new wide receivers coach. Adam Schefter reporting that Brian McClendon is going to leave to become the Tampa Bay Bucks wide receivers coach. Uh, also, passing game coordinator will be his title as well. He will take over uh, there. Uh, played wide receiver Georgia from 02 to 05. 40 years old. Got a coaching start as a grad assistant at Georgia in 07. And has served in a number of roles. Running backs coach, recruiting coordinator, so on and so forth. But uh, McClendon was uh, set to follow Mario Cristobal to Miami a couple years ago, but decided to come back to Georgia. Took a position on Kirby Smart's staff, was on staff for the 2022 National Championship. So, uh, Brian McClendon leaving uh, Georgia as their wide receivers coach to go be the Tampa Bay Bucks wide receivers coach. And, of course, um, you know, just need to place that position Liam Cohen, the former Kentucky OC, now the OC down there in Tampa. So we'll see what direction Kirby goes. Probably probably going to stay in-house. They've stayed in-house on some of their positions this offseason, so we will see. All right, thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we got a lot more tidbits going on around the conference with assistant coaching moves uh, happening across the SEC. We'll get to that here in just a sec. Well, first, I want to remind you guys, this episode presented to you by our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. When you are hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for your job. And that's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. They have all the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn is not just another job board. They have a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which is going to make it easy for you to, to find the right people you want to hire. It gives you access to professionals 
You can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all of that while making the process very easy for you. And of course, hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates to choose from. So easy, in fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows small businesses are wearing so many hats these days. You don't have the time or the resources to spend hours on the hiring process. LinkedIn is finding ways to make that process easier. Go check them out. Two and a half million small businesses are using LinkedIn for hiring. Go post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. Go post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Roll along here, locked on SEC. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. Come on back uh, tomorrow on the show. Shout out to everydayers. We'll have more tidbits for you, and also get to those win totals around the conference on all the other SEC teams. Tell you where we're leaning pre-spring ball uh, over under on some of those win totals. All right, we got a lot to discuss when it comes to uh, assistant coaches and much more. So let's do this. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Around the conference. All right, next up, we stop off at Auburn as former Auburn assistant coach Cadillac Williams is making the jump to the NFL. According to multiple reports, Williams expected to join the Las Vegas Raiders as their running backs coach. He will step in to the role that Deshaun Foster had before he left to go be the new head coach at UCLA, replacing Chip Kelly. Uh, Cadillac coached the Auburn running backs last five seasons, doing so under three different head coaches, but he just resigned last month. Uh, was also an interim head coach there for four games after Brian Harson got fired, went two and two in that stretch. But uh, Hugh Freeze had said of Cadillac, he's somebody I lean on to get the pulse of the team for sure. Got great relationships with the team, brings great energy and all that. That was back when he had decided to keep Cadillac, but of course uh, had a historic career with Auburn as a player and uh, spent seven seasons in the NFL, six of them with the Buccaneers, but he will go try to help Antonio Pierce, the new head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, get that thing going and um, see who his running backs will be. Of course, Alabama running back Josh Jacobs just played on the franchise tag this past season. They also have former Georgia running back Zamir White, so some SEC guys that Cadillac will be familiar with. But best of luck to Cadillac as he heads to the NFL. Probably going to end up back in college at some point, if I had to guess. All right, over at South Carolina, Shane Beamer welcoming in Sean Elliott. Bring him back to Columbia. He'll be the new tight ends coach and run game coordinator, but still kind of weird that the former Georgia State head coach Given up his post as a head coach of college football to go be an assistant at South Carolina. As a three-year contract, according to Rivals, he will earn $750,000 the first two years, and that'll bump up to seven seventy-five dollars in year three. Uh, his annual salary as head coach at Georgia State was $811,000, so pretty comparable salary. <laughs> you know, look, the SEC big boy football, he will make close to what he was making as head coach at Georgia State as he will as an assistant coach at South Carolina. Uh, Elliott coached seven seasons at South Carolina back in the day under Steve Spurrier and Will Muschamp. He's a part of those three consecutive 11-win seasons. So very well respected in Columbia and 
quite an interesting move to go jump back into the SEC as an assistant coach where he was a head coach the last couple years at Georgia State. Over at Kentucky, they introduced their uh, new offense coordinator, Bush Hamden, and he answered questions about why he decided to leave Boise State to come run the offense under Mark Stoops. He uh, said, look, it always starts with personnel. Week one is analyzing the roster. We know players win games, uh, so we got a good feel of what these guys can do, and we got to put them in the best position. Uh, he went on to say that uh, he wants to see a variance in tempo. He said it's been something over the course of the years. We know there's going to be certain games where we got to play fast. We know there's games where we got to play slower, control the clock. But it's a pro-style foundation that we're going to lay here. Hamden is uh, just 38 years old, just turned 38, and uh, comes to Kentucky after being the OC at Boise. Uh, year prior to his arrival, Boise ranked 55th in yards per play and 29th in yards per rushing attempt. So, see if he can get that Kentucky offense back on track. He said, I think we were probably in the top 40 last year in pace of play at Boise. Uh, the reason variation of tempo is so important because different games are going to call for different styles. So, that's going to be critical. So, we'll see what uh, Bush Hamden does up there over at uh, Kentucky. Over Florida, former Florida and Alabama quarterback Luke Del Rio is reportedly expected to join a Big Ten coaching staff after a stint in the NFL. According to Bruce Feldman, Luke Del Rio expected to join Jed Fish's coaching staff at Washington uh, will be an offensive analyst with the Huskies. He spent the last four seasons in the NFL with uh, Washington and the past two seasons served as an assistant quarterbacks coach and quality control role. He's the son of, of course, longtime NFL head coach and assistant coach Jack Del Rio. Uh, one other Florida note, they added a offensive lineman to their 2025 recruiting class over the weekend. Peyton Joseph, uh, nickname, nicknamed P. Groovy, he announced on Sunday he is committed to the Gators. He is a native of Georgia, had offers from Tennessee, Florida State, among others. He is listed at 6'4", 305 pounds. We had four stars, the number four interior O-lineman in the class of 2025, and the number 18 player from the state of Georgia. Uh, Florida's offensive line recruiting has been hit and miss under Billy Napier, but he's the first offensive line commit in the Gators 2025 class, which ranks number 16 nationally with four commits. Over to Ole Miss, Walter Nolan. Going to have a lot to prove coming over from Texas A&M. A kid who was a former five-star recruit, nation's top defensive lineman back in 2022. Uh, started his career with 66 tackles, five sacks in his time there at Texas A&M. But coming in as a star, uh, in a star-studded transfer class for Ole Miss, the number one transfer class in this cycle. And according to Chris Lowe at ESPN, he said, it all adds up to Nolan being the transfer player with the most to prove this season. Saw flashes of looking like an all-SEC competitor in his first two years, but we will see if Pete Golden can get the most out of him. Uh, he said Nolan was the number one recruit in the country when he signed with AM, showed flashes, but the key now is being that kind of player on every down as Ole Miss will look to Nolan to be an enforcer on their defensive line on what should be Lane Kevin's most talented defense yet in Oxford. Of course, expectations high for the Ole Miss Rebels, looking to see if they can take that next step forward and make the playoff this year. Over at uh, Alabama, I feel like every day we got 
tons of stuff on Alabama. But over at Alabama, them and Auburn, uh, they came out with their financial reports from the fiscal year, and the Crimson Tide on top yet again. Alabama brought in $199.9 million in total revenue. Uh, that doesn't include $14.3 million in gifts, uh, but that's from AL.com. Auburn came in at $195.3 million in revenue. Uh, Tigers had athletic department surplus of $3.3 million. So not far off. Bama coming in at just over, you know, just under $5 million more in revenue than Auburn. But, uh, of course, football and men's basketball, two big sports. Alabama outpaced Auburn with $129 million compared to $126 million. So very close there. Bragging rights for something else in the Iron Bowl rivalry. But uh, both schools doing very well financially, bringing in a ton of money and there you have it that's the latest going on around the conference still more to come here on locked on sec covering uh, your team every day and uh look we've got um, some sec hoops uh we got a recap from the weekend as well some sec baseball nuggets for you as well thank you guys for making locked on sec your first listen every day First, this episode presented to you by friends over at FanDuel. Look, you can get your buckets on with your first bet over at FanDuel. They are America's number one sports book right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. What you got to do is visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. When you put the slash locked on, that is what it's going to get you that special offer from our friends over at FanDuel, and of course, you can bet on all your favorite NBA stuff going on. We just had the All-Star break, and they're going to be getting back into action this weekend. They also got all the SEC uh, basketball lines as well. So whatever it is you want to get in on, FanDuel has got you covered. And again, particularly with that NBA starting up their backstretch of the schedule, uh, all the stuff up there, quick bets, live sim game parlays, exclusive props, all of it is up there for you at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Go shoot your shot. And check them out. And, of course, download the app as well after you get signed up. But first, go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. They are FanDuel. They are the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Run along here, Locked On SEC. Thank you guys for making us your first Listen every day. All right, we got to dive back into it as we get into SEC hoops action from over the weekend. It was a very busy weekend. Uh, first, we got to start with Jalen Williams. He had to exit Auburn's loss to Kentucky on Saturday night with a knee injury. Left with about 10.40 remaining as Auburn was trying to mount a comeback. Uh, Tigers fell short, losing 70-59 to for their first home loss of the season. He shared an update on social media Sunday morning saying, I'm going to be fine. So that is some positive news. After the game, Bruce Pearl said, uh, uh, we think it's something, not just a bang. So he was fearing a significant knee injury. But uh, Jamie Williams said on social media, I'm going to be fine. So we'll see what uh, that ends up being. Uh, Jeff Goodman said Williams is, uh, is is expected to be able to return before the end of the season for Auburn. So him and Janae Broom, they are uh, two big pieces for Auburn and tough loss to Kentucky, but big win for Calipari and his guys uh, picking up that win. Uh, also, A&M or Alabama picking up a big win over A&M, winning 100-75. And Nate Oates revealing that he used Nick Saban to get his team in the right mindset for that game. Uh, he said, yeah, we had 
Coach Saban talked to our team. Always goes back to his process. Uh, the more you talk about championships, the less you're focused on what you should be doing uh, each day. And in his post-game press conference, Oates said, Saban is to me maybe the best team coach of any team sport in modern college sports history, and he's right here. So I talked to him shortly after he retired. He told me when he was going to come back in town. I asked him if he wouldn't mind speaking to our team when he came back. And so it just lined up, and look at Alabama winning by 25 against an SEC foe in Texas A&M. Other notable games from over the weekend, Matt McMahon and LSU getting a signature win of the season. Coming from behind to beat South Carolina 64-63 in Columbia. Uh, Tennessee coasted to an 88-53 win over Vandy. Florida got a big road win at Georgia, 88-82. Mississippi State held off Arkansas to win 71-67. The Hogs now 3-9 in the SEC. And Ole Miss eked by Mizzou, 79-76 in Oxford. Bama sits atop the SEC at 10-2. Uh, Tennessee one game back of them at nine and three. Auburn and South Carolina are both one and a half games back at nine and four, and Florida and Kentucky both two games back at eight and four. So most everybody's got what is it, six conference games remaining. So still plenty of teams competing for the uh, SEC. It is up for grabs, but Bama kind of sitting in the catbird seat right now at ten and two. But we'll see what happens. The uh, NCAA tournament selection committee they revealed their bracket uh, preview bracket on Saturday. And here's what they've got. They got the Tennessee Vols sitting at number six overall, so that would put them as a two seed. They got Alabama at ninth overall, that would have them as a three seed. They've got Auburn at 13th, that would have them as a four seed. So uh, Saturday's reveal marks the only mock bracket reveal that the selection committee uh, will put out during this season. Selection Sunday will be March 17th, so just under a month away from there. But, um, See if Alabama and Auburn can improve their seeding, uh, get up there to a, you know, if Bama can get a, back up to a two seed, if Auburn can get back up to a three seed. All right, SEC baseball got underway over the weekend. Figured we'd bring you guys just a few highlights of what took place. South Carolina put an exclamation point on their opening weekend. Their game, the Gamecock pitchers combined for the eighth no-hitter in school history. Plenty of runs they scored. Uh, They beat Miami of Ohio 14-0 in seven innings for a run rule victory in the series finale. But the no-hitter was the first for the Gamecocks in over a decade. Uh, South Carolina swept Miami of Ohio. Over at LSU, uh, junior right-hander Luke Holman had a strong debut, uh, winning 2-0 over Central Arkansas on Saturday. But the Alabama transfer Holman struck out 10 in five and a third shutout innings. LSU went 3-0 and over the weekend with wins over VMI and Central Arkansas. They will play Central one more time today as the reigning national champs try to remain undefeated. They did one of those things where they brought in two different teams and played them twice, so that's why they're playing four. Uh, Mississippi State, they took two out of three against Air Force. Did lose a game on Saturday. It was a pitcher's duel as uh, their pitcher, Carl Steven, led the dogs with a career-high 11 strikeouts in a loss. Other highlights from the weekend, Kentucky swept the series at USC Upstate. Not sure why they went on the road for that one, but they did. Uh, Georgia swept UNC Asheville. Alabama swept Manhattan. Uh, Auburn swept Eastern Kentucky. Other games from the weekend, Arkansas took 
the first two against James Madison, but lost the Sunday game 7-3. They did need a come-from-behind victory on Friday as well, so a little bit of a tough time there for uh, Arkansas against James Madison. Uh, Texas A&M, they swept McNeese out of Blue Bell Park. Mizzou took two out of three against Cal Poly. Vanderbilt took two out of three against Florida Atlantic. They lost Saturday's game 5-4. to four. And uh, Ole Miss, they took two out of three at Hawaii, falling 9-1 to one on Saturday. Number two, Florida. They lost to St. John's on Friday night, 9-5, to five, and then they had their next two games rained out. So a rough start to the weekend for the Gators. Uh, St. John's jumped out to a 7-0 lead early in that one and held off the Gators. Kate Fisher got the opening day start, giving up five earned runs for the Gators. That's a team that everybody's got as a preseason one or two you know, top two team expecting big things from Florida this year. Uh, Tennessee, they went on the road for a tough battle out there in Dallas playing in a tournament at the Rangers ballpark. Uh, they beat Texas Tech on Friday before falling in extras to Oklahoma on Saturday. Uh, as of this recording, they were playing Baylor uh, in the final game of the weekend. So some tough competition right out of the gates for Tony Vitello and company. But um, shout out to the SEC teams who started strong out of the gates and there you have it that is your sec hoops recap your sec baseball weekend recap and we got plenty more stuff to get to as the week rolls along thank you guys for making locked on sec your first listen every day shout out to every dayers come on back tomorrow on the show and check us out for your second listen go check out locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on youtube it's called locked on sports today just search for it wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked on SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Come on back, won't you?